You're listening to the Bathtub Refinishing Podcast. Powered by Bathtub Guys Refinishing. We discuss the refinishing industry, interview owners and operators, and give tips to business owners and entrepreneurs. Now, here's your host, Daniel Montalvo. Touch it. Feel it. Do you feel any boogers in there? Do you feel any runs in there? Do you feel any reactions? Is it falling off? Is it falling off, bro? Do you see anything that is malfunctioning with what we did for you? No? Done deal. Yep. Period. We've gotten to the point that when the girls answer the phone or when I answer the phone, one, you try to fill them out. You try to fill them out, right, to see, like, how they are. Are they going to be a difficult customer? But what I've told the girls in the office, too, is explain from the beginning, like, just so you know, before we go out there, you're scheduled for blah, blah, blah date. We're restraining a bathtub or restraining your countertop. It's not going to be perfect. If you're expecting perfection, absolutely not the way for you to go. Um, it's going to look 95% better than what it looked now. So just so you're aware, at the end of the day, it's a pain. It's yeah. going to scratch. It's going to peel if you put something hard on it or you mistreat it. But at the end of the day, it's just a pain. What you wouldn't put on your car... Don't put on your tub. Don't put on your counter. That's right. Yeah, and 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 also you could also tell them like, look, um, you know, this is this is something where you got to compare it to what you had, right? Not what's what, not the bathroom of your dreams, because the bathroom of your dreams is twenty grand. This is five hundred bucks right. or yeah. seven or eight hundred bucks, right? So it's like the thing that we that we started with, like this is night and day. Now, like whatever you dreamt up in your head, bro, like. You know, that's that's something different. This is just like realistically we're comparing it to how it was, yeah. not versus how you dreamt it. Yeah, you and so I, mean? I kinda just finally got in my head that you're once you make any type of headway in any industry, it's inevitable that you're gonna face the narcissistic, um, unrealistic debt the person who lives in their own personal cosmos, you yeah. know what I mean? You're gonna find these people. I got one right now who hasn't paid me over two grand for a job we did. And that's the one where the husband literally, man, was on his hands and knees, cabinet job. Our, ca- our cabinet work is A1, Jonathan. It's like yours, man. You see it. We, we've, we've talked. Yeah. The stuff, the, the product that we use, the, the process, the, the machines that we spray with is comparable to painting your car. I mean, that's how the, the, the gun atomizes the paint that fine. Yep. Yeah. Right? And you so know, they're still looking for, for stuff sometimes, though. You know, I think... Michelle hit it out the park. At the, at, at, at the end of the day, it's the initiation conversation you have with that customer, especially residential. Yeah, right? I'm actually going to steal that from you from going forward. Yeah, Because you, you, you have to. You shouldn't have yeah. to, but you have to. You just learned that you have to start saying these things because people are always going to find a reason not to pay you, especially when they have some of your money still. They're trying to like, put you in a bind, right? Like, yeah. what, what am I going to do? Like, they have still 50% of the job. So we've just gotten accustomed to saying a lot more than what we need to say, but we've learned that it's saved us in the future because I had this conversation with you on such and such date when you were scheduling and you gave us your occupied disclosure. I went over all these terms with you. So you knew it wasn't going to be perfect. It's going to be better, 
that it's not going to be perfect. The one that's the game changer is the technician taking the before and after picture. Oh, for sure. oh yeah. Right? That, 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 every that, time. That, 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 what I would recommend to anybody, and I tell you, once I was, I was, I was a knucklehead, I was against it, right? You know, why add on more work to the technician? But it makes a thousand percent sense. When the guy gets there, take a picture of, course. of not just the tub, but the, the toilet, the vanity, the floor, the walls, right? It just saves you from a lot of headaches. It saves you a lot of headaches. So what, what we like to do is if they have a complaint, like, hey, look, this is what your tub looked like before. Yep. Yeah. And this is what your tub looks like now. Right. What, are, what I, are we talking about? Exactly. I would always say take a picture from afar, too, because there's been so many times that people will call, so many people, people will call us, and then they'll be like, oh, like it's damaged here, blah, 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 blah. But because we have the far enough picture... We can say, I can see that you painted your walls. I can see that the cabinet knobs were changed. Like right. somebody else was in there. They're like, nobody else was in here. Well, yeah. that's funny because the cabinet knobs are different or the sink's different or the walls are a different color. Yeah. And once they see that, they can't argue with you. Yeah, we really had to start doing that with cabinets. Jonathan, I don't know mm-hmm. if you did this yet. We, I make Evan and the crew inspect. I, if a drawer looks funny, if it pulls up the door, anything... Note it because yeah. when you when you spray, especially going from like a dark brown oak stain yeah. to white, now you can see things that they may truly may have not have seen, but they ninety percent of the time they knew they knew it was not closing or shutting properly. And I've had to own a couple of those. So now, yeah, now it's like listen, pictures notated. Come here, look at this. Yep. This doesn't close right. We can fix it for a price. Normally, it's oh no, I'm fine. Yeah, uh, we we knew about that already. Yeah, but if you was to spray it and then reinstall, now they're they're like they have amnesia. It's yeah. never did that before. I don't know what's. How did you do? Yeah, that's what they do, man. One yeah. thing I noticed too, like ninety uh, percent of the people we have on this platform are owner operators, and it's something we talked about on the last episode with Indiana resurfacing. Is uh, part of part of the reason for scaling is is what we're talking about is. If you're doing all the work, right, you don't have that same threshold of patience for these issues. So if you have someone dedicated, like Michelle is dedicated to customer service, Daniel's dedicated to customer service. When you have someone who has who isn't in the field directly producing the work, you have a different threshold for, of patience for those little problem areas with the customers. I've noticed when when I was a single sole owner operator type of deal and I was doing the work and then had to deal with the issues, your your threshold of patience for these small issues is much lower than if you have a technician doing the work, you hear a, a, some sort of, of complaint, right? You you as an owner can can handle that differently. But it becomes it, it almost and even if you don't want it to, it becomes personal. Yeah, because when you're you, when you're tired and frustrated, you, yeah, because you had your touch on it, right? Like you spent seven hours turning a rusty piece of garbage into something that's fucking pretty and usable, right. and they're bitching about a fucking area near the caulking, yeah. and it's like I don't manufacture the shit, guy. Yeah, but you know you have to handle it. No, but man, listen, I, I go through it. Um, I've I've, I've had to come kind of. I always try to stay tactful and professional, but let customers know. Listen, man, we're refinishing your old. Excuse the expression, Chinese shaker builder's grade cabinets. Yeah. I mean, come on. You called me because you yeah. knew a new kitchen, like you had said before, cost you 30 grand. Mm-hmm. You can't afford that. Mm-hmm. It's obvious. This is 5,000 bucks. Can I, can I ask uh, you a question? Yeah. So 
Are you taking deposits? Of course. Okay. So the guy that didn't pay you at least, you know, that's another thing. A lot of a lot of guys don't. So that's why I was asking. At least you got some of it well, out of it. Well, this is the thing I'm, I'm going to, to answer that the right way. Number one, he wasn't answering my call. That was the biggest thing. Okay. I'm not going to just take that was not a red getting flag paid. Right there. Uh-huh. They stopped answering my call. These are two professional people that live in the city of Atlanta, which, you know, the house is 800,000 bucks. Yeah. You understand? They drive a Subaru. You know, they, they know what the deal is. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I would have knocked on their door and said, listen, where's my money at? You know? Um, but what I'm going to start doing, because laws in every state are different. Yeah. My, my guy, I do a lot of refacing too. So my guy at the mill who's been beat for his money as a refinisher at one time told me, Ruben, this is what you do. You get 50% deposit up yep. front. Then when the door, the, the box, that's going to take care of the material, putting you on the schedule, coming and prepping and spraying the boxes out. Yep. When the doors are done at my shop, and I call you and say, hey, I'm, in, I'm ready for transport. You have to pay me an additional 45% right then. Right? When I get back, we do the reinstall in the, in the, in the punch list. There's always a touch-up list. Always. Right? Then you owe me 5%. Because in the state of Georgia, if you, put, if you install anything, even a doorknob on somebody's door, they own it. You can't go take it back off without yeah. legal ramifications. Yeah. Right? And so... Like, that's why I'm asking these questions from all you guys from different areas on how I can approach certain things and certain customers in certain instances. But um, oh, yeah. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to start doing that from now on. I'm going to try it out because already people are weary of giving you anything up front. Oh, yeah. Right? But on such a big job. You can't you, lose. I'm, you can't I'm, afford there's to no, lose. There's, it's not an option. It's a must. Ha- yeah. Have it eventually be the goal if you can't get there right away. But the easiest way to do it is you got to garner the trust. And how do you garner the yeah. trust? They see your face online. Social media. They see they they see that you exist. They see you have fucking badass reviews. They see that you have something to lose, right? So it's like, you know, the guy in the random white fucking truck has nothing to lose. He'll disappear with people's money. Yep. You know? The but time. the people who have a fucking brick and mortar location, who have rap vehicles, who are doing all the things, their faces online, they're not a ghost. Usually I, I had a, a situation where we did cabinets. We're new to cabinets doing them with, with bathtub guys. We did a job and the cabinet doors weren't to the guy's liking, but he paid us anyway. And he was like, just come back when you can. Because, and there, and there was a legit concern, but it was because he's like, I know you guys are not going to run out on me. Like, he trusts you know, the brand. He, he trusts the brand. Exactly. You know, and that's, and, and that, the, that's a, so important. You need, to, you need to have that. Yeah. So important. Oh, yeah. So, hey, uh, I'm, I'm going to switch it up a little bit here, man. All right. I'm, everybody. Uh, what 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 is what was your biggest challenge starting your business and try to make it as short and simple right you know because i think that i think that like on, on the groups that i recently got in with you guys a lot of these guys don't understand like where where we are what it took to get to where we are now yeah right what was your what was your biggest challenge starting your company I, I think the hardest part in the beginning is branding because it, it, you have no identity, right? Any, but like we talked about already, any crackhead could fucking paint a tub. How do I get them to pay more for something that someone's willing to do for 200 bucks? You got to develop brand. You know, you got to be at the forefront of it. And, you know, regardless of who is going to spray the tub at Alliance, they know Danny. You know what I'm saying? 
And in many ways, the person that's the face of the company supersedes the brand. People like to buy from people. So I think branding is the most important thing. It's one of the hardest things for people because owner operators like to be in the field and doing the things uh, that they have to do on the day to day. But if you really want to scale and get serious about it and, and have something, you know, you're going to be proud of in the long run, branding is really, really important. Okay. I would say, I would say exposure. You know, I knew that nobody was just going to knock on my door and say, I need my tub painted, you know? Um, And then the not knowing a lot of stuff. Like I think I've told you guys before, Nobody showed me nothing. They weren't even willing to show me anything. That's why I feel I said you guys are special. All of y'all, just for, to wait for me and my son to come here, bro, you could have been like, dude, time is money, G. I got to go. We're, 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 this is like a vacation type of deal, right, uh-huh. for, especially coming out of town. But you didn't. Uh, uh, Danny, this guy, man, I, don't, I just met all of you guys, but you guys like brothers. Danny, man, is like that with me already. You know, he gave – you guys and him gave a bunch of game to the platform. I love, like, yep. listen, this is how you need to do. Yep. Nobody gave me that in the beginning, man. I used to sit and watch guys um, spray a tub, and they were almost like they were like uh-huh. copying them on their yeah, test. Yeah, yeah. Like, bro, I'm just trying to get it. Well, I had one guy. I told you this. One guy. I said, "Hey, man, I was wondering if you can just show me how to do that." He, and he got frustrated with me, and he said he turned around. Just because you're it asking was like, questions. He was like, bro, give me $11,000, bro, and I'll teach you. Wow. Well, I was like, really? You want to know why? Because the owner-operators think that the secret is doing the job. Right. And in reality, everybody who's made it to a certain level where you could be proud of, right? We all know that the real secret is the fucking brand building shit. But you know what we also know? It's not cut out for all these guys, bro. Right. It's, it's a real fucking grind. It is and, a grind. And, and even if we tell it for the fucking free... 99% of people aren't going to do it. Right. Uh, I'm going to be straight up honest. I think that with me, the first hurdle was just the fear. Because everything else, like, I'm good at, you know, like, I'm good at spraying and everything. I've never really had an issue with all that. With me was just literally stop being a bitch and just put your face out there because it, it'll come with it. And that's something that with this platform, I really started realizing that, that the more it was just told to me, just the, the more it made sense. I used to just not want to, I didn't, I didn't care about posting. You know, yep. we talked about that a lot. And by not, by me not doing that in the last several years, especially with social media coming out and like guys that just started spraying and everyone passing me by with success. And I'm like, fuck, like I can, I could kill that guy. Like no problem. Like what the hell is going on? And it turned out that it was exactly that. And what was holding me back was literally fear and you know, I kept on getting told that. I kept on getting hammered into the head. You know, Daniel kept who, on telling me that. Who taught you this business? Like, how did you get into this business? How did I get into it? Uh, a buddy of mine. I was already an auto refinisher. Um, and, uh, well, I think I, th- I told you guys. My, my grandfather, he, he, he had an upholstery uh, company and, and wood staining. So, he made me go to his shops and stuff when I was little. So, I kind of always had that. And then I wanted to just, you know, work for myself one time. And a buddy of mine, long story short, put me onto a company and then immediately boom, we were commercial flying everywhere, doing commercial tubs, you know, cabinets and all that stuff. And then eventually like I was doing tubs for like 50 bucks. You know, if I had to fuck them up, I would go do them for free. Like I kind of went through like the horrible hurdles of like, you know, the early two thousands. Now it's a little bit different, but, uh, and basically just, I just wanted to be alone. Luckily, luckily I will say this. I worked my ass off in those companies so that when I did decide to go out on my own, I had earned that love from all those companies, bro. Like 
they gifted me turbines, guns, exhaust, and all that shit. And then I just one day just, all right, I got, I stopped being scared and I opened up my own shit. And honestly, between that and Home Advisor, it really, it really killed it for me. Like it was fucking beautiful. So it was just the fear for me. And then again, back at it again because I, I was killing it. I was killing it by myself. You know, first year I did one hundred twenty thousand all by myself, just doing tubs, which is crazy. It's crazy. Um, when social media started picking up, I had like four guys under me. We were doing cabinets. I stopped doing tubs for a long time because health reasons. You know, you already know how horrible the, the, the chemicals and everything are. I don't know where just one day everything turned off and I was getting no leads. I had to fire everybody. I had to stick, stick with one person. Unfortunately, the, the, the person of least, you know, the, the, with the least experience, but at least he was loyal. And, uh, you know, then he started putting me on into, bro, like, you got to get out there. You got to get your face out there. He says this in every podcast. And, like, everybody needs to, you, you, you all need to listen to that because it's the truth. If you're not putting yourself out there, you know, you're not going to get anywhere. You could be the best tub. And, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. I consider myself the best refinisher out there in the world. I, I feel like I could kill it, you know, but no one knows who the fuck I am if let, I'm not putting myself out there. Let, let me ask you a question. How long of you putting in effort did it take to turn it around? So I've held myself back for years. Finally decided to do it in, in like, what was it? The, the, the January 30th. of this year, bro? The, not even. The, December 30th is like when, there you when go. we all hung down. And I, I've been a sub-loyal for like the last two years, literally. Every day. Every day. He was my bread and butter, literally. And uh, I think the last 30 days, I have not worked for bathtub guys. And not in a bad way or anything. He knows that. But, like, ever since I started imp- applying everything he's been telling me, bro, like, I, it's, it's kicking right back up. I literally closed today just four jobs, like, which I'm fucking proud about. Let me just say one thing. And I apologize to the guy on the episode. I don't know his name. But I implemented the making the customer market for me. Remember that? episode y'all had yeah where hey i'll give you a discount or something to that effect whatever you come up with if you number one leave me a five-star review right now while i'm here and then tell five people about me right yes that actually works that's from a book called 100 million dollar leads by alex ramosi i had my son pick up uh some starbuck gift cards the other day yep one if let's say the scheduling issue is a problem. Sometimes yep. it is. I don't, we don't bat a hundred percent every day. Nope. You know, man, give them folks a $25 star, $20 Starbucks gift card. We apologize about it. Woo, woo, woo. Right. Or we give you this and, and 20 bucks versus $2,000 a month. Right. That was a very smart tactic. I learned that from listening to the bathtub guys podcast, bro. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Yeah. Get them on the mic. A really good one that I like to do. This I actually, because like I said, social media is a whole new ball game for me. But something that was working for me for a good while was I straight up give my clients. I'm like, yo, you know, you you send me somebody over the second they sign, I sell you hundred bucks. I've had clients literally pay off their jobs because they made it upon uh, they made it to, upon themselves to continue to bring me people because it was their goal that they were going to pay it off. And I always sell it like that to people. I'm like, Hey, you know, I can't stress this enough. I will give you a hundred dollars. If you know, if it's like a cabinet job, cause that's a big one, you know, 25 to a hundred dollars, you know, whatever. Um, if it's like a tub or something and bro, that works, and, that and works. People, Clients will sell for you. And people know people like themselves. So that's the thing. Like, you know, broke people know other broke people, middle-class people know other middle-class people. <laughs> so, that's the genius behind it. 
again, I talked about it. It's, it's from an Alex Hermosi book, and it's a really good book. He has a video version of it on YouTube where he condenses it down into 45 minutes. But the entire thing that is that he started, a, uh, he, he wrote a book, and he put it out for free. He put it out for free to people who referenced him to five people to buy the book for five bucks. The people who bought it for five bucks got an incentive that they would get uh, the book for $2.50 if they got five people to buy it for 10 and he did that until eventually he was selling the book for $30 a piece. And because of so much fucking word of mouth, by the time it got to $30, like he made $100 million off the book because of the power of people who know people like them. That's that, what it is, bro. That's what that's it is. That's, it is. Yeah. That's, that's some really powerful marketing stuff that could be applied to anything. So, uh, For over here at PSG and, you know, back to guys at Tampa, um, we all have the similar startup stories. Everyone starts in the gutter, you know, works their way up. Uh, one of the challenges we're, I'm facing today, which I find to be the hardest challenge out of refinishing, is uh, man, uh, you, everyone's heard the saying, more money, more problems. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so we've made money. We got much more overhead. Yeah. And so our problems have gotten much bigger. And so that's, that's the, what I consider as my biggest challenge moving forward. And I talk to Danny about this on a daily basis is, is we got an operation going, man, and it only takes one little fucking bad project, one little bad technician to, to truly jeopardize the, the whole operation. And so I've, I found it hard to maintain the momentum you, you get this operation going and that you have a, a new overhead that you need to, to provide for. Yeah. And um, that's the challenge that I'm facing today is I got a shop. I got three employees. My lead flow can't slow down, not even an ounce. Or you're starting to call guys off. Now your shop may not be worth it. Now, you know, you're, you're spending more money. You're, you have something more to keep up with. And, and that's, that's something that every company is going to face moving forward. And, and I think we talk a lot about the come up. But we don't talk about and, and the same thing you, you know, at Alliance, they threw in a grenade and started a, a 10 crew. They, they, they stopped a 10 crew operation overnight. You know what I mean? Because of overhead issues, because margins, it doesn't matter your gross revenue. It doesn't matter how much money you pulled in at the end of the year. What the fuck was left after everything was paid? And that's what the, the hard lessons I'm learning today. Like yep. we can gross whatever we want, but if the money ain't making sense and you're not providing and you're not keeping it for your family, then why the fuck are you doing it? And also, bro, a lot of people fall into the fear of we've talked about this. We've talked about this. Like it, the, the fear of like, you know, what about the guys, right? Remember, none of these guys are losing sleep over you. Mm -hmm. They're going to go to another job. And a lot of them are never going to have a boss as cool as you, as nice as you. And odds are, when the time is right, they'll come back. Mm -hmm. But even if they don't, bro, you, it, 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 you cannot let your company go to zero in service of worrying about other people, bro. Um, and, and, that's why I, that approach that they had where they're just like, it's a risk. There's going to be some, some, you know, some low before there's high again. That, do it as quick as possible. Rip the Band-Aid off, bro. Yeah. Because if you dwell on it for four or five months, a move like that can take you to zero, bro. Yeah. Especially some of these other operations out there. Yeah. You know, so we, we did the same thing. We had a project where we lost 100 grand. I've talked about it on the podcast before. We were like, hey, this isn't working. Fuck them all. One by one. Mm -hmm. Are you part of the team or not? No. We went back down to one guy. 
The same guy who was doing tubs for, you know, we were paying him $75 a day when we started because that's all we could afford. Mm-hmm. I've been there. And he, and, that, and he was the guy mm-hmm. that stayed around. And then we rebuilt. But, yeah, I mean, that's, you hit the nail off the head, bro. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my biggest problem today, which is, uh, you know, we have a system in place. And, and we, have, we have processes, lead gen, we have follow through, we have quality control. But maintaining an operation like that is not easy. It's not. And, and it only takes a couple bad decisions to start getting backwards momentum. Yep. And, and when you have to recognize early when that momentum's starting to shift the other direction. And when it starts shifting that other direction, if you're truly aware of your operation, you're going to catch that and fix it and, and, and nip it in the butt. Um, and it's not as upfront and in your face as you would think, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're like, man, we're turning over work. We're fucking doing a lot of work. The numbers are, are saying we should be making money. But then you realize real quick, well, what does it take to get these jobs done? You know, how are, you know we, we've gone over and over on hourly pay scales, by the day pay scales, Percentage. commission pay scales. Yep. There's no one right or, or wrong answer, but when you notice something's not working, you need to be able to adjust and you have to be able to implement as a leader the changes in a, a, at any cost. And if it's working today and it's not working tomorrow and you recognize it, implement the change fast. Because the last thing you want to do is have a, you have a really good guy who you'd hate to lose, but you're going to lose him anyway if you go to zero. So mm-hmm. give him the fucking opportunity we're going to ride like this now. And if it's not going to work for you, let him go. You're helping him like that. You're not helping anybody if every, everything goes to shit, including your business. Yeah. You know? I think one of the biggest challenges for Alliance in the administrative part of the business, um, speaking to all the spouses or your, the, peop- the girls that work in the office or guys, um, is the cash flow. Yep. Like, Things that he doesn't see on the other end. Like, he's just selling, right? He's bringing the work in. But you said it earlier, like, you don't do commercial work. Blows my mind a little bit. (laughs) Because 95% of our work is commercial. Mm -hmm. 5% is residential. I mean, we do very, very little residential. So our bread and butter is the commercial work. So waiting for that money to come in, waiting for people to pay you, um, when you're starting off, you're kind of desperate, right? So, mm-hmm. like, you'll just take anything, and they want to give you 10 tubs. You ask the bare minimum questions. You get them on the schedule, and then you worry about how you're going to get paid later. And we learned our lesson very early on, even though we have been doing it for many, many years, that you have to ask the right questions. Learn the systems that the other refinishing companies are not willing to put time into. Um, and it's hard like, because all these companies want you to be their personal secretary now. Yep. And there's so many. There's Ops, NetVendor, Vendor Cafe, mm-hmm. Coupa now. Like, it's crazy. And then the proprietary ones. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's a, a thing that I ran into. Someone had their own system that they made up. Yeah. And you have to submit invoices and rewrite them in their format. Yeah. Yeah, we have a new vendor now that um, they're using the Coupa system. And they want us to, we have to use two systems in order to do their work. And we have to put it in one system, and we have to update the work order. When we take the work order, when the technician gets to the job site, when the technician finishes the job site, and when we invoice them. And then we have to load the invoice into the Koopa system. Crazy. Like, they hired us to be their personal secretary. But there's other refinishing companies that are not going to do that. So learn it, because then you're guaranteed this work. You're guaranteed to get that contract, because... 
nobody else is going to learn that system. So you, to invest in that time to, to learn and read all that language for ops, for, for vendor cafe, because it's, it's time consuming. And then yeah. your, your insurance certificate gets kicked back all for a comma, yeah. you know, but just, just be on it because you're going to get those big contracts that you want that are going to pay because they're those, those are the clients you want. You know, when you say commercial work, you're talking about like apartment, com- multifamily. Yeah. Apartment. yeah. You know, my experience before I had this company, I was part owner of a pretty big carpet cleaning company. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how we started with the refinish. I had a full turnkey service, cut the turnkey, wasn't making any work. I found that in Atlanta, if you're not the painter painting, you're not really making, you're making the margins like nine bucks after you do the math, mm-hmm. cut that out took on the re- resurfacing bathtubs and tops. Our experience, though, over there in Atlanta is that they do not pay. You have, out, out of 300 properties that we had, six paid like they were supposed to, six properties. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I would say 300 properties might have been 13 companies. When you say they don't pay, like they don't pay on time? Or pay at all. So our lead time, everything's net net 30. Right. Nobody ever pays net 30. It's (laughs) net 40 most of the time or Um, 60 sometimes. And, but it typically takes the average customer 120 days. Right. And that's after you've called them and you've haggled them and, you know, but typically your lead time is about 120 days for the commercial industry. Um, But you just have to, like he tells me all the time at the beginning, like you have to spend money to make money. You have to take that hit. If, if we all have to eat beans and beans and rice for the next, you know, year to make sure that we have that cash flow that's accessible to, to be able to, to do that work for them and wait 120 days, do it. Because somebody else does not have that cash flow and is not going to wait that 120 days. And once you have that, you get off the beans and rice. And, <laughs> and I've, I've had some more recent success with apartments. But part of the reason is, I caught that I caught myself that with commercial accounts, especially apartments, I was not properly enforcing terms. Right. Um, so, for example, residential work, we have them sign off, put deposits, do all of that. Now, I wasn't doing that with the commercial work the right way, and it was a lot easier for them. You would see who's who's going to give you the runaround because they want you to sign all this shit. They want you to give you them insurance. They want you to do all the shit, but if they're not willing to sign, you know, the work order for the day that this is what we're going to do and this is how much it's going to cost, why, why do business with them? So the last department company to call me, they called me on some really last minute stuff. I charged them full price. Yep. And I was like, hey, before I go over there, this needs to be signed. And, you know, they, they were like, oh, we don't know. And I'm like, well, if you want us to do it, it has to be signed. They did it. They called again and they did it again. And it takes out a lot of bullshit. It takes out the, uh, well, I didn't know stripping was going to be extra. Oh, I didn't know that. Like, I didn't know that that was going to come out that way. And also, you know, when these people, they operate on a everything's in writing basis, you need to as well. Because it's going to save your ass. Yeah, we do. I learned that the hard way. Um, For me, though, dealing with the apartments, I just don't want to do it. I did it for a long time. I came up out of the apartments. I was a maintenance guy. I was a groundskeeper. To maintenance tech, to supervisor, to vendor, yeah. right? In Atlanta, in my 22 years being there, um, I'm more successful with the residential. Mm-hmm. I make my money. I get paid 99% of the time when I'm finished. I pay my guys. We keep rolling. You 
know what I mean? Yeah. However, um, I was just telling him the other day, I'm not against it. I know this sounds like a, a hypocrite, but I'm thinking, wow, if we had some apartments that paid at least in 45 days, at least. I know yeah. the first the first uh, check cycle, right, to get you on, but if, if they would pay, we could add some more guys, secure work, make sure we're busy 100% of the time. Um and that's only because I'm being proactive because I, I you can't gauge year to year if you're going to stay busy. Yeah. But since I do more than bathtubs and countertops now, the cabinets have kept us floating like we're supposed to. And so it's really just a, a, I hate to say it, like a gamble, but you, you're going into the dark, but at least you're prepared, I guess, now at this point. What, what I would say also is, you know, having people like her in your, on your team are helpful. So, you know, you're still, you're still busy as hell. He's still busy as hell, your son, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when you have that dedicated office person, one of the things that is going to be in their day-to-day -day scope of work needs to be, like, follow-up to make sure you get paid, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, you're, you're, you're running around, you're worrying about the next $2,000 job, not, not the one from six months ago. You know what I'm saying? Right. But sometimes they need to hear from you five or ten fucking yeah. times. Until they, they pay you. And you got to remember, as big as some of these companies are, they're probably more disorganized than you. The person that calls the most is going to get the check first. Right. Yep. And that's what we're, we're learning with Alliance. That we keep bugging. We keep, we'll send him. Like, we'll have them, him hand off the invoices. You know, then we'll send our QC guy hand off the invoices until somebody calls and says, can you stop sending me the invoices? I have them. Okay, we'll pay them then. Right. Um, yeah. The other thing that we started implementing a little bit is because, you know, you've built your clientele, the, the money is coming in now consistently, is we started telling people, you got to pay up front. I have no business relationship with you. I don't, all I know is that you're a company, but you have not established that you're going to pay me. So once you pay the first couple of jobs up front, mm -hmm. then maybe I'll open up some credit to you. Right. But I'm not going to open up the credit until I know that you're going to consistently pay me. That's right. And... Everybody has a credit card. They say they don't. They do. They all have incidental <laughs> and cards, And when bro. that emergency comes up, that, that credit card pops up. So don't be afraid to ask for that. For for, he told for that, me that sorry. while we was at lunch. Yeah. I want to say this, too. He took me to La Torta Gorda out there, man. Yeah. The pierna enchilada <laughs> torta, bro. It's different. <laughs> it's different, bro. <laughs> I'm like, hey, listen, Danny. I, a couple days later, I went back there again and got it again, bro. <laughs> damn, bro. You had to go for the two-peat, bro. Yeah, that's always God, great. damn. But, but yeah, but with apartments too, bro, it, it, it also, you got to establish what your ideal customer is too, bro. So, you know, bottom of the barrel apartment complexes aren't going to pay. They're not paying their guys. They're not going to pay you. Exactly. You know, when the director of maintenance is coming out with a tank top and flip-flops, he ain't getting paid. Exactly. So you got to read the writing on the wall. Uh, try to target luxury and higher end if you can, if, if you want to explore that. Get the payment terms, their payment terms. Make sure you ask about that, like she said, and then follow up. And also, it doesn't hurt. Look, I, I got reached out to by a company that does collections. It does not hurt to if someone is 60 days past due on something, to have a collection agency call them just for the embarrassment of being like, you haven't paid us, bro. And usually, they'll, they'll get on it like that. I, but, I, I know. I went through it, man. Yeah. I went through it years ago, 2009, 10, 11. You know, going all of that. And I learned real quick that those apartment managers, they're, 
their their job is like a revolving door. They'll be replaced like that. That occupancy level goes down. They got to play with the numbers. They're hiding invoices. They're doing this, that, and the other. They're promising you a check. They're giving you a fake check number. Yeah. Oh, I see it's already on the way. Check number A1602. Yeah. And, and not, you know. And until they call you on a weekend for 40 wet vacs, and you're like, we ain't coming. What What's your opinion? Coming. What's your opinion on that? On, on like, not, like, if someone's really past due, would you just withhold service until they pay? Okay. Yeah. I, I was wondering about that because, you know, some people, like, I'm of that mantra now. Like, you know, if, 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 if you're not going to pay, like, what are we doing? You know, yeah. we're, like, we already did our part, right? And we already have baked in, like, we're cool with waiting a month. But we're not going to wait seven or eight months, bro. That's not right. fair. So, um, like, I, I, I think for a lot of people, the, the prospect of future work blinds logic. And it's like, bro, if they didn't pay you on the first 10, on the first 20, on the first 30, what are you, why are you doing the 31st tub? You know what I'm saying? Right. right. I think it also, right. it also makes sense to, to know your operation, right? So, like, there's, there's big money in residential. Right. Your, your values are higher. So if you're, if you're like a two- to three-man operation, you can make big bucks residential because quality control can be managed. I think that assessing your, your current position in your operation has something to do with how you figure out your clientele. So you, you should, if, you're not, if you're not having four or five techs plus, then you really shouldn't be taking the net 30, next 60, and, and whatever risk, right? So if you have a two- to three-man operation, quality control is still pretty manageable, on residential, right? Because, like we talked about, you, you, you guys as owner operators, if you had two, three techs in the field, it only takes one individual to go do that quality control. On if you're doing kitchens, you're averaging one to two a week. You know, that's only one to two jobs you have to QC. Yeah. So, so understanding where you're at on scale too. Apartment complex work, you need volume. Yeah. Right. So you, that also a different level of overhead, like we talked about. So, so understanding where you're at, the residential game is is a, is an approach. And I've seen successful companies stick to residential because the margins are higher. So you need less overhead. So that's the, that's what we go through. Is like we get into the hotel work, we get into the apartment complex work. Now, can you afford these net thirty, net sixty payouts? You can make the same margins having two, three techs do three, four residential jobs a day and make the same amount of money you're doing on 10 tubs at an apartment complex. So kind of gauging where you're at as a business, you know, will help out, help manage risk as well. Yeah. And, and also, um, just like, like you said, you, you, like you need to know where you're at and if you can cash flow a net 30 to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and maybe the approach needs to be how they're doing it, where you ask for that money up front until they prove that they're going to be paying you on time. But commercial is, is bro, some properties are on it. Some of them take, you know, a little bit longer and some of them just take forever to pay. At the end of the day, if you did the job, it's your responsibility to go out and get the fucking money at some point, right. you know? And if you don't do it, if you're not chasing it down, they will just, they'll play stupid, bro. So, you know, that's, that's what I have to say about that at least. Any other stuff you guys want to talk about? Hmm. Well, I don't know. Let's no. talk about the startup, man. You know, uh, we had one episode with you, Ruben, on, on your startup. Um, when you first started, how, how, how did you learn how to spray a tub, bro? Because we were talking about that off air, my story on how I got in the game, and it was, it was a lot of failures on the way up. So you telling, you know, you were saying earlier that you had gatekeepers, 
on the secrets? How'd you break that barrier? So I, again, I was a maintenance guy. I got to Atlanta young, had a bunch of kids, and I was like, man, I need a job. I make this quick. Walking through the mall with my wife one day, he was in a stroller. He's a baby. My wife, this lady just hugs her out of nowhere. And she's like, they grew up together. And, and I was like, she, she introduced me, you know, it's my husband. And we got to talking for a few minutes. I said, I need a, I'm trying to find a job. She's like, come see me Monday. I own a staffing company called CRP Consultants. Put me on as a maintenance guy. I've been mechanically inclined since I was a little boy. I come from a Mexican family. Like, there's no just watching somebody work. Boy, you'll get beat up like that. You have to <laughs> help out. You know what yeah. I mean? And so, I, that's kind of <laughs> it's true, right? And so, um, she put me on. I'm becoming a maintenance guy. And then I started seeing heating and air technicians. And I was like, that's what I want to do. That's what I'm going to do. There was no Google at this time. So, I'm literally checking books out from the library. Like, Danny's, I'm reading trying to, you know, figure something out. And um, so I see a carpet guy one day, and he had this machine called a Rotovac. It's this wand with two scrubbers on it. You guys might have seen it before. And um, I'm like, curiosity, man, like how much do you make a year doing this? He was like, hundred grand. i am like, nah, because I'm still thinking $25 an hour is the way to, that's the ticket. Yeah. And so a couple years later, man, I become a, a vendor. I, be, I have a carpet cleaner company. And we incorporated the resurfacing. Um, we had one guy, we sent him to NAPCO to get trained in Chicago, mm-hmm. right? He didn't realize he was a slick New York dude, real fast-talking cat, you know. My wife did all the invoicing. And one day I asked him at lunch, like, hey, how's the resurfacing going? He's like, ah, oh, man, you don't want to do it, bro. You don't want to do it. There's no money in it. And I'm like, wow, okay. Like, well, then my mind is like, well, why are we doing it? Right? I'm going to bring this up at the next meeting. Tell my wife that she was like, listen, I want to show you something. She showed me his invoices. We're doing apartments, right? Dude, his invoice, his bill out for the week was like 10 grand. Mm-hmm. This is like in 2009. 60% is what he's getting paid of $10,000 for the week. But he told me there was no money in it, right? And so I, the, the carpet cleaning went away. And the, the business just, you know, we had the game in a chokehold, I feel. And, and, and But inside differences, like imagine us being here now who we are, but 20-something years old and with no money. We're singing Kumbaya. We're all good. As soon as we start making five grand a week, you, you'll see the real people, yeah. who they really are, bro. And so I had meetings in my house, best friends from young age. They're throwing chairs at each other behind money, okay? So it went away, started resurfacing, trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody would show me. I'm messing up bathtubs and I'm messing up countertops for sure. I was manual specking that job, had no idea how to work it. And I'm using tile clad because that's what I was shown to use from Sharon Williams. And so I go, I know this one dude, his name was Freddie G. Really a drug dealer slash, I just called him my my bad friend. But but he's he's a resurfacer. And so I, I said, hey man, can you show me how to mix the paint? It's like 2008. He says, yeah man, hey, no, it's in Atlanta. Hey, shout it, shout it, come to the come to the come to the mall, shout it. I'm gonna show you the mix it, shout it. I'm like, all right. And when I get there, he shows me how to mix the paint with lacquer thinner. Yeah. And spray it through an HVOP. And so for what about a year or that? two, I'm just messing up people's bathrooms throughout Atlanta. <laughs> you understand? For real. 
And then, then I learned that I was doing wrong. I was like, this cannot be right. Uh, I started figuring stuff out, going to everybody asking. Nobody would show me nada. I'm talking about nothing. Well, they would say, yeah, 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 man, meet me here at 2. I would wait until 6. Like, damn, they just grants. They just, they just sold me, bro. I mean, yep. they, they don't want to show me anything. I moved to Denver, Colorado. I, I was like, I hate Georgia. I want to get out of here. It's the South. My brother had came home from down the road. He moved to Denver with my good friend of mine. So I, I go over there, and uh, it didn't work out. <laughs> Real quick, it did not work out. Plus, every day I was waking up, it was like the high of two. I'm from San Antonio, man. I don't go for the super cold like that. And so we go back to, to, to Atlanta. My guy who I showed how to mix the paint after Freddie G showed me, he started getting trained at Midwest, PAH for Sharks Grip, Napco. He took it to another level. He's my guy. I, I, he owes me an old school favor because I showed him how to get into it. And so he showed me the game. Get back to Atlanta 2015, started spraying like a fool, like really doing it, mm-hmm. right? Now all of the companies, some of the guys who were not showing me, they're like, hey, bro, um, can, you, can you come over here and spray tubs for me or can you, like, run my resurfacing crew for me, you know? And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to my thing. Stayed in my lane, still working for guys that subbing for guys that have apartments. And I come up off the east side of Atlanta, like – D and F properties, no budget for anything. Mm-hmm. So you're stepping literally over dead people, fleas jumping on you, roaches. There's no air condition. It's 100 <laughs> degrees in there, and the tape won't stick. I learned how to get tacks and oh, my prep up, man. <laughs> I'm spraying, there, bro. There. So when I tell you, we, we, I came up, and I'm in there by myself. The only Latino in the all-black neighborhood, too, bro. Like, for real. Getting it. And then... I was introduced in 2016 to some guys out of San Antonio. I, was, I got a part of one of those groups, me and Danny are in, and I started asking questions, you know, and um, seeing what their industry really is about and what it has to offer. Started learning and training myself, went in paid. I, we just came from San Antonio last year. One hour of training to, to a guy who is really my friend, but it's business. One hour he charged me $700, man. One hour. But – we took what he showed us, implemented it into the field over here in Atlanta on another level with bathtubs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's how I got into it. That's the story where we're at today. But everything was a true grind. Nothing was given to me at all on any level, except every once in a while, I have people like yourselves that would show me the way. You know what I mean? Yep. And so now I, in turn, he'll tell you, I'm the king of putting people on, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something a lot of times it's the wrong way. My wife would tell me, Don't do that. But I have I feel wrong not to it's like disrespecting life not to give it back yeah. to the people. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, man. It's not. Yeah, and, and, and that's you know, you could put everybody on, bro, but only a few of them are gonna actually do it. So it doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, the intention is there, right? Part of the reason I do something like this. I know most people aren't gonna do it, but me just saying that comment is one motherfucker that's like, I'll do it. And actually go and do it. Right. And that's what I, I want. Because it's opened up doors for me just doing this. You know, my intentions from the beginning was just to help other people answer their, the, the concerns and questions they might have about building a business in general. And it's turned into like, if someone calls me in Canada, I know a refinisher in Canada, bro. I know one in Texas. 
I know one in Georgia. I know one in California. Like, that type of shit is powerful, bro. And it's not like, like, oh, you're doing me this favor for the free. It's like, no, nah, bro, we team up on some shit if it's yeah. worth the fucking time. But having that network of people, people to learn from, people who are up here, people who are in the middle, people who might be down here. It doesn't matter. Like, we could all help each other fucking grow, bro. Um, and, and similar to your situation, on the other side of it is like, you know, we already had a business that was there. It wasn't doing well. Um, and, and, but like the business stuff is the stuff that everyone struggles with. Right. And that's the stuff that the people who know that that's like really like what, what does it, uh, I found that those are the people who are willing to talk because they've implemented those things and they're successful already versus the guys who think that the way that they mix paint is the secret to them getting a contract. Yeah, right. Of course. You know, th those people, they're lost in the sauce, bro. Or doing tubs for... 80 bucks is the is the key to business to yeah. get it all. Yeah, bro. The, a lot of these guys, man, especially in these groups, man, like, you know, they're very helpful for the, the refinisher that's starting today. But they don't realize that, oh, I've been doing this for 20 years. It's like, and what do you have to show for it, bro? Tomorrow you go down and so does ABC company that you own, bro. Is, is this thing going to be around after you? You know, so that that's that's the thing. And I feel like, these kinds of things are a shortcut to get to that next level, bro. You learn from him. I learn from him. You learn from me. I learn from you. And we build these, thing, these things bigger and better. It helps the industry, too. Yeah, and I think, you know, we find some, sometimes we find it difficult in our industry to scale, right? You're like, how do you find skilled technicians? It's the same shit everywhere, right? Like, if you go into carpentry... The, the, the challenge isn't going to be how to find a carpenter, but now the challenge is there's so many carpenters. Yep. So we're in an industry where you're in demand. And, and we, there's, the second you know how to spray a tub, there's not that many people that do, right? So how, how many companies are in Atlanta that are refinishers? Probably a, a handful. How many carpenters are in Atlanta? So that's the different challenge. We're in a niche industry. It's difficult to find technicians with experience, but there's also much less competition. And me and Danny, we recognize real early that this is an untapped market. Like we're, it's so it's so niche that there, when when we, when I looked into the the bathtub refinishing podcast, there was only one. You look up carpentry on a podcast. I guarantee you find 10, 15 people yeah, talking about carpentry. There's only one podcast on refinishing real podcast on refinishing. So what that tells you is that there's challenges on firing uh, on finding talent, but there's also this hidden industry where if you figure out the recipe to create talent, there's a chance that you can really blow up and that doesn't exist in a lot of construction industries. You go, if you if you become a general contractor, good luck, bro. You know what I mean? You need to be on your A game because there's a thousand of them out there ready to take take all your projects from you even in atlanta uh with with refinishing the game seems to be saturated so i'm on this campaign to weed out the the fugazi i think guys, it, i think you know it I mean? seems saturated well not only that man and just you know the apartment industry in atlanta is huge it's a lot it's big and so um you believe it or not you would think that the the hispanics are like the painters right but it's the koreans man are mm. they're a force to deal with, bro. And they're coming in with what I said. Hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do everything. I, I'm no lie. A couple years back, you know, we're doing tubs for $50. Yeah. 
And I'm like, how do you compete with this? So, of course, the, the apartment industry is going to say run it because they don't care. Mm-hmm. They don't sign the lease. They're going to deal with that peel and tub for I don't care if how long, for 12-month mm-hmm. lease, right? And so that's kind of what you deal with. So everybody and their mama is spraying bathtubs. And so I'm successful and on a lot of platforms, especially Thumbtack, by educating the customer and saying, listen, you know, being cheap can get expensive. Use us, and here's why you need to use us. Like you said before, this is what we're going to do. You know, We're going to adhere to industry standards. We have a warranty. You can find me on Google. I am known. You know, uh, Our reviews speak for themselves. And so you know, we're doing that. But uh, it's, still a, it's still a fight you know, every day because it's ultra competitive. And any, all this industry that we're in is ultra competitive, even though it's still an untapped market to where I, I had a guy call today. Um, real estate agent on the way up here. And he was like, I didn't even know you could do that. I hear that a lot. Well, that's what I was going to say. So is it is it saturated or is it lack of awareness? I think it's the lack of awareness. Yeah, because, because if we can't find people to refinish, then that means it ain't that saturated. Yeah. What it is is that people don't know it exists. So you're, the, the pool of clientele you're pulling from is this big because they don't, this is how many people know it exists, but this is how many people that are there with tubs. Everyone owns a bathtub. But only this many people who own bathtubs know that this is a, is a solution. And that goes back to the, the awareness and the social media thing. We feel like it's saturated. We feel like it's competitive. But it's because we aren't the face of the industry. When you build the awareness, you become the image of refinishing. And I, and I feel like that's, that's what we deal with is lack of awareness rather than saturated market of com- competition. Because Florida in general is a, is a refinish heavy industry. We have a lot of hotels. There's a lot of refinishers out here. So we're, we're on more on the competitive market with competition. And still, there's much less refinishers than there is any other trades. Um, yeah, and I, and, I agree with that. Yeah, I and then just that. that people don't know yeah, that same this thing is in an Atlanta. option. Same thing in Atlanta. You know, um, and maybe I was talking about both. Residential is where I find the people saying, um, I didn't know you can do it. Mm-hmm. Apartments, saturated, full of yeah, guys, yeah, companies yeah. that have. Mm-hmm. Like Danny's guy. I told Danny this the other day jokingly. He's, he's like... The, he's the version. He's the Cali version of a guy that I worked for in Atlanta, right? Same situation. It's like cut and paste, it, they, but they're successful at it and they're they're doing big things. He's got. I think Rory has, I don't know, like eighteen refinishers on his crew. You know, so in that aspect, and of course, all of those guys kind of trickle out into the residential field saying they know what they're doing. They don't really because they've never been trained, as yeah. was I at one time. Mm-hmm. And so that's the the, competi- the, the competition there. The low um, But then at the same time, I still, in the residential field, again, I didn't even know you, this existed. Yeah. I was just going to pull my tub you know, out, and then I explained to them, I'm saving you 60% yeah. on replacement. Well, what, what I, I think, you know, this is the way I look at it. Look at the big plumbing companies. We know them. You could think of them off the top of your head, right? You could name a few. You could name a big painting company. You could name a few of them. Where are the big tub companies? Miracle Method? That's it. That's it. That's all you have to come up with. And Safe Step, if you're in the commercial game, they're a really big one. But they specialize in hotels primarily. So it's like, that is what I'm, like, when we reference, like, it's untapped, it's like the scalability aspect of it is still very much there. And the Miracle Methods of the world they're getting commercial work and residential work. But when you become the face of something, when you become the fucking, you know, I already tried the cheap way and now I'm going to go the guaranteed route. 
Like, there, there's no, bro, there's, there's very little competition in that field. That's true. You look around, the franchises. Well, I, I think so. So, yeah, Miracle Method does traditional advertising. So, yeah, they'll they do TV commercials and stuff like that. Um, but you know, the thing is, Miracle Method does primarily their advertising as re- like a residential specialist, right? But they're still very much in commercial stuff. At the end of the day, in any industry that has to do with stuff that we're doing, there's always going to be people who don't value the work, right? And those are the people that are always going to hire the crackheads, bro. Now, you want that customer that's had the bad experience already in the commercial setting to be like, Surface Pro's not going to do me like that. And he's proven it to me. Like, I, could, I trust this person, and they take that chance. Uh, but it, it, it is, bro, it is relatively untapped. And, and like, in both sides, man. That like, you go out on the street, you ask 10 people if they know that this shit exists, bro. You'll be, you'll be lucky to get one yes. So, we need more awareness in the industry in general. I'll add to it. The, the platform also helps because, like, I mean, I, I'm Latino. We're all Latino, I think. All of us here, right? I think, yeah. It's specifically reaching out to the Latino communities, they, a lot of them do it dirt cheap because they're not, the, like he was saying, the awareness isn't there. So, by, by putting that face out there and constantly having these podcasts you know, high tide rises all ships. If we can get people to stop trying to do a tough for 50, 80 right. bucks, 100 bucks, and everybody, you know, starts to scale up, the rise, the prices are going to start going up. Right. These apartment complexes aren't going to have a choice. It's either rip it out for like 1500 bucks or more, or, you know, like start paying, you know, actual good pay. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the more we start to, to continue to do this, it doesn't matter if it's competition around or not, because at the end of the day, there, there's enough to go around for everybody. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's the awareness that it's there and the awareness that, like, bro, if you're charging too cheap, like, you need to go up or you need to stop. Because, it, like, like he was saying, if you're charging 200 bucks for a tub and then you have to go back, you're already in the negatives. So raising awareness is super important. That's where, like, this platform's really kicking off right now. A lot of people are really tapping into it. And- You've been listening to the Bathtub Refinishing Podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to keep up with the Bathtub Guys on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Or visit bathtubguys.com for more. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.